I just noticed how messy my bed is in that intro. But anyway, <laughs> what is going on, baseball fans? Welcome to episode nine of season two of This Week in Baseball, presented by Diamond Digest. I am your host, Jordan Lazowski. We've got a pre- pretty uh, regular crew on with us tonight. It's going to be the always wonderful Diego Franco Carreno, the always wonderful Ethan Fisher, and uh, the, the sometimes wonderful <laughs> Jay Roy, Jonathan Roy. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> doing well. Good to see you too, Laz. I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> At least I'm going to say I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But glad to have you on. I, I truly am. I think this is going to be a good conversation. It's a great crew as usual. Uh, a three, Like I said, three regulars. So uh, I'm excited for it. Um, just a general recap in case this is your first time this week in baseball is exactly what it sounds like. We recap the most recent week and then preview, uh, of baseball. Yes. Thank you. And then, uh, preview what's going to be coming up this week, big matchups, big, um, series, stuff like that. It's got a standings update around the league in 60 seconds. Um, we where each of our panelists gives a recap of their choosing for the week, what they think you really want to focus on. We do our big segment, seventh inning stretch. I ask seven questions, most points based on my arbitrary arbitrary awarding of points, wins that game, and finally what to watch for. Like I said, we preview the next week. Each of our panelists gives either a matchup or a team or a player that they're going to be watching this week, and they explain why they will be. Um, But yeah, another exciting week of baseball. Uh, Outside of things, before I turn it over, I'm going to rep my University of Notre Dame baseball team. We are apparently now a baseball school. Um, in, in definitely the not ACC, a football school. Yeah, definitely not football school, sure. Uh, in the ACC uh, tournament championship uh, for the College World Series, so actually very exciting to see that. Uh, hopefully you're all turning in, tuning into some College World Series action, both baseball and softball. The uh, Women's College World Series is electric. Yeah, I was just going to say, because it has been awesome. JMU. So... But I had to throw out that little uh, shout out to Notre Dame there before we get started with the standings update. So as I pull it up on my phone here, if the season ended today, now remind you, this is recorded at about five in the afternoon on Sunday. So some variance possible based on evening games in the AL East, the Tampa Bay Rays are still up top the division AL Central. The White Sox have a four game lead over the Indians. And in the West, the Oakland Athletics are still the top team out there. Your two wild card teams, the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. In the National League, the Mets, among all of their injuries, remain atop the NL East. The Brewers have overtaken the Cubs for first place in the NL Central by just a half game. And the Giants back on top of the NL West, as Diego, I'm sure, already knew. Oh, of course. Your two wildcard teams out there are the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So still three teams in the NL West. Um, Biggest takeaway before I turn it over to you guys and let you give your recaps, only one team above 500 out in the NL East. Um, so, So a rough look right now out there a, for a Mets team, but a good news for the Mets team who um, is still very much struggling with injuries and under performances from guys like Lindor and still able to stay atop the division out there. No real wide leads across the league. I mean, the widest one is the Sox with a four game lead in the central. Other than that, a couple three game leads, a couple half game leads. Basically anything goes here in June, which is, always the fun part of baseball. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to our panelists and I'm going to stop talking for a little bit. We're going to go around the league in 60 seconds. Each of these guys gives their own version of the weekly recap before we head into seventh inning stretch. Since I feel bad, we'll start with Jay Roy. What you got for us this week? <laughs> yeah, a lot of cool stuff happening around the league. I think it's very interesting. The Brewers have won nine of their last 10 games. So they're red hot right now, and uh, they just took the lead in the NL Central, I think. So that should be uh, interesting to watch in the future just because the Brewers have a lot of really exciting players. The Giants are continuing to play really good baseball and, uh, you know, continuing to be atop that division. And uh, Dodgers kind of continue to, you know, underperform our expectations for them a little bit. 
Uh, Bryce Harper got reinstated off the injured list a couple days ago. That's a good thing for the league. We always want, you know, our superstar players playing every day. And uh, Williams Astudio got on the mound again, which is always fun to see. So, did you see the tweet from Dontrell Willis? He's like, this dude pitches like every five days. See the one that said he's uh, the third uh, on the Twins team in the ERA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, they uh, Things yeah, I remember when I was like, I remember when I was like ten, and like a position player pitching was like such a rarity, and now we see it like every other day. And they say offense is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. The, the, the Twins are not good right now. And as a baseball fan, you got to ask, you know, like what happened. But as a White Sox fan, I'm like, I don't really care. Like <laughs> that's fine with me. But Diego, what you got? Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going around in the league this week. Uh, I think the most important was uh, the biggest one, at least for me. The Giants wore jerseys incorporating the Pride flag for Pride Month uh, this last weekend. Uh, they were the first team in the MLB to do so in the history of baseball, and like I think that's incredibly cool. I can't wait to get my hands on a hat. They're just sold out everywhere I look. Uh, I'm going to get one eventually. It's going to be a while, and, you know, <laughs> that's fair. I understand. Uh, but yeah, that's super, super cool. Um, the White Sox debuted their City Connect jerseys, which looked pretty sick. Got some good memes of uh, Hall of Famer baseball person in them as well um, that popped out from that. <laughs> the Orioles and the Diamondbacks uh, decided they wanted to win a baseball game uh, this week and ended their massive losing streaks. Um, and then yesterday, the Evan Longoria went down um, in a collision with Brandon Crawford. Yesterday, he'll be out for four to six weeks with a sprained shoulder. And which is significant because he's been he's having one of the best seasons of his career so far, and so that's going to be rough. And also, uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, it can break Chris Davis's O for slump um, in the next couple of days. Here, he's currently O for thirty eight. Um, he didn't start today, so that might end today. It might keep going, but O for forty six is the number we're looking at right now, and that's just a couple games worth of that bats. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. And that's never something you want to hear. No. I think there's rookie slums, and then there's whatever Kalanick's going through right now. Uh, yeah. I will there are a lot of Jared Kelnick stands in the server who are very quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's an OTP legend, though, so it's okay. This is true. This is true. Ethan, what'd you got? Yeah, um, I think it's notable that we actually don't have a no hitter to talk about this week. It is and, um, actually. <laughs> I um I've been getting the MLB notifications every time somebody takes a no hitter late into a game. And the other day, Freddie Peralta took one into the seventh or eighth mm-hmm. inning, and that was probably the least surprised I've been to see a pitcher carrying a no hitter late into a game. <laughs> He's very underrated and very nasty. Um, but speaking of good pitchers, Jacob Degrom, he just keeps doing Jacob Degrom things. He started nine games and now has a 0.62 ERA, which is the lowest ERA through nine starts in modern baseball history. So that's just ridiculous and a big reason why the Mets are still hanging around, even though the rest of their team just seems to be falling apart around him. Um, we have an exciting home run race. Uh, Guerrero, Tatis, and Acuna are the three guys atop the major leagues in home runs right now, which is Really exciting because of how young they are. I actually went on fan graphs to a double check to make sure that was right. And Tatis didn't even come up because he doesn't even have enough plate appearances to qualify. And he still leads the National League in home runs, which is just ridiculous. Winker hit three um, today. I think he's also up. Oh, there. yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Um, boo Reds. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, Pirates fan. Yeah. Um, Diego mentioned Evan Longoria's injury. Um, it was definitely a rough week for injuries. Um, a list of other guys who went on the injured list this week includes Jack Flaherty, Steven Strasburg, Mitch Garver, Kyle Lewis, Mike Yastrzemski, John Gray, Spencer Turnbull, and John Means, which yeah, is definitely, week. it was a really rough week. And especially, um, with Garver and, uh, John Gray, those are two guys I'm looking at because they were probably getting traded this year. And that's definitely going to have an impact on whether they can get traded or not if they're hurt. Um, I also want to mention Tyler Zombro, the pitcher um, in the Rays organization who mm-hmm. got hurt really bad. Um, the Rays released an update that he is conscious and walking with assistance mm-hmm. in his hospital room, which was really good to hear. I don't know who saw it. It came across my Twitter, and I ended up watching it, and I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. 
And when you see something that serious, you obviously you fear for the worst. Um, so the fact that he's stable and at least walking was definitely good to hear. Um, and finally, um, Key Brian Hayes returned this week. He missed Important. past two months. Key Brian Hayes is back. Today was actually the first time this year that Key Brian Hayes played a full game and the Pirates lost. Naturally. So, naturally, yeah. Um, hmm. The Pirates won three out of four against the Marlins. Shameless plug. Pirates aren't egregious like everyone thinks they are. Uh, but Key Brian Hayes, he's, at <laughs> he's looked every bit as good as he did last year. Mm-hmm at least this past series. So I'm really excited to have Key Brian Hayes back. Yeah, you all touched on a lot of good ones. Um, the injury to Zombro was scary. I, I don't recommend anybody watch it. Certainly, I, I think that's incredibly scary. Um, Diego, you mentioned the Giants and what they're doing for Pride Month, which was really cool. J- or J-Ray, you mentioned one. I can't remember which one it was. That was Oh, Harper. I'm like... I'm Some sure that came off the IL. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm sure that you know we all want the stars to play. Is the only reason noted Phillies fan Jay yeah. Roy is excited. Definitely, about, definitely the only Harper. reason I brought that up. <laughs> Not because the Phillies offense needs Bryce Harper back in the lineup. And I, I think Ethan, you mentioned another really good point, and I think it's been a concern that we've talked about previously um, in, in weeks past on this week in baseball. A lot of pitchers are going down with injuries. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are arm related and you're starting to potentially see, you know, early on in the season, we're like, okay, it's probably too soon to say much. Now you're starting to see, okay, this is what the effect of that 60 game season really was on pitchers this year. Um, like I said, two weeks, three weeks, I, we talked about it early. Um, so it was probably too easy to, or too early to really gain any insights into it. Um, but now you're really starting to see some of the potential ramifications of, you know, 60 versus 162 and what that really looks like as we're starting to come up on the 60 game and then some for some of these teams. So plenty to watch for, plenty to talk about there. I think a lot of the storylines that a lot of you mentioned will continue to be ones that we watch throughout this season. Um, Let's not delay any further. Oh, wait, I do want to mention one thing. Let's delay a little bit further. Um, I don't know if everybody saw it. I I think I just want to make sure it's plugged and we – we don't have to talk too much about it, but I do want to make sure fans go and read it. Bob Nightingale of USA Today did a interview with Theo Epstein recently. He published it. I thought it was interesting. Uh, they talked a little bit about everything, you know, the state of the game, shifts, um, pitcher, foreign substance use, which we'll get into. Um, and he talked about Epstein did putting, quote, the game back in the player's hands. Um, for someone who doesn't want to be a commissioner, he talked a lot like a commissioner. Um, I, I also think it was pretty funny some of his not disdain for, but preferred limit of analytics to maybe off the field, maybe player development versus um, decision-making in games, which I find ironic coming from a former president of baseball ops of a team that won a world series that was heavily analytically inclined, but I digress. Anyway, the point being, make sure to take a look at the article if you haven't already. Um, I, I think it's something I can link it in the podcast description, but I think it's a good article to take a look at. Just the, the, I, I like when I've seen talks, I think he talks a lot about, about a lot of good things. Um, so I, I think it's certainly worth looking into. But now we won't hesitate any further as we jump into everyone's favorite segment, the seventh inning stretch, seven questions about topics this week. I assign points. Most points wins the ability to give what they're watching for this week first. Maybe we'll start doing actual prizes. Who knows? But let's not delay. Inning one. Major League Baseball announced to its owners this week that stricter crackdowns would begin on pitchers using foreign substances, including an 8-10 to game ban for pitchers found using during games. This is something we've talked about actually a lot in previous weeks on This Week in Baseball. Um, it's interesting to see some movement on it. My question is this, do you think this will actually make an impact around the league? And related to that, do you buy the idea that already has affected guys like Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer? I will turn it over to, since his name is listed first, Diego. 
right. Um, yeah, I've had. I think I've been on every single pod where we've talked about this so far, <laughs> um, and I'm going to stick with my guns on what I think about this. I think MLB is not actually going to do anything until next season. Um, I think that you can establish this now, um, like saying it, it's good to actually have some sort of, uh, you know, backing to what they're saying. Like they're not chickening out like the chickens that they are, but um, they're actually putting like actions to their words. Um, so like, oh, this is what those ramifications are going to be. And as far as, you know, do I buy the idea that it's already has affected guys like Cole and Bauer? I don't really know. It could just be that they had a couple bad starts and just happened to line up the way it did because that seems about right for the world that we live in now. Like, that's how it would go. And, like, there are other guys who have been absolutely shoving this year, like Kevin Gosman, who had the one of, if not the best start of the season – two days ago or yesterday. Like, I mean, the big names are the ones that, you know, happen to have the bad starts, like right after this is announced. And so everyone's like, oh, see, clearly it's exactly what's going on. Like Garrett Cole is actually bad at baseball and Trevor Bauer is bad. And I just don't like Trevor Bauer all that much because he's a Dodger now. But um, <laughs> either way, I, I, really, I still don't think there's going to be much action put until next season um, because, I mean – implementing those things at the beginning of a season or a year, I feel is like a lot better in a, for not only for players, but for the league as a whole. Cause like it can mess with, you know, the players, not only their seasons, like their mental like game and everything mental game even translates to like mental health of the players too, which is important that you're starting to see players talk about more and be, you know, more highly regarded. Um, so I think next 2022, we'll start seeing some crackdowns if they do crackdowns and don't, Chicken out like it, uh, chicken out on everything that they do because that's what Manfred likes to do because he's terrible at his job. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I think it's going to be. Ethan, I'm actually going to go on the opposite of what Diego said. I do think they're going to start cracking down as soon as you know next week or whenever they said they were going to start implementing this. And I do think that pitchers are going to be deterred, you know, by all the umpire checks. I think they said like eight to 10 umpire checks per game. And the fact that it'd be a 10 game suspension with no pay, if they do get caught with something, I think that is, yeah, I think that is going to start deterring guys. And I think that's going to um, start prompting teams to, you know, try to make sure they catch it before the umpires catch it. Um, And it's not just Garrett Cole or Trevor Bauer either this weekend. They both didn't pitch their best starts and had a big decrease in their spin rates. But uh, Clayton Kershaw, Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns, all since yesterday in their starts, had large decreases in their spin rates. Um, It didn't necessarily affect everybody. Corbin Burns, I think, had seven shutout innings and had a career-high 13 strikeouts. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily affecting him the same way. But I think that you know the fact that a couple of these guys, their spin rates did drastically drop off in just the span of a start. I think it is weighing on their minds. I think they do think that there's a chance that they're going to start cracking down soon and that they might be in danger if they do. J-Roy? Yeah, so uh, I'm more with Ethan on this one. I think that most of the rules that MLB has implemented in the past couple of seasons, they've done them right right to start the season. And so I think the fact that they are implementing this right in the middle of the season is indicative of the fact that they are going to crack down on things like this. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing. You know, I think anything we do to uh, protect the integrity of the game is a good thing. And uh, I, you know, for for example, with Garrett Cole, for example, uh, he was really, really poor in that start the other day. But, you know, it's just, you know, the sample size of that is N equals one start right now. You know, you could just as uh, easily say that, you know, Corbin Burns was better yesterday than he ever has been. So uh, we're just going to have to wait a lot longer and see what this actually looks like. But it is telling that there were multiple pitchers whose spin rates were down in the start right after this. I do think that this will have an effect on things. I do. I think that, uh, you know, spin rates are really finicky thing. I think, you know, you know, a pitcher can make a tiny tiny adjustment and it can affect their spin rate a lot and uh subsequently that's going to affect their success or their failure a lot so i do think this is a is i think we'll see some consequences here and uh you know maybe this will empower hitters a little bit more you know maybe we'll actually see hopefully a little bit of an increase in offense so i'm uh overall i'm very happy about this i think this is a good thing 
Uh, and so, you know, I think that right now it's a lot of just conjecture of like who's cheating, who's not. Like we don't really know. We can speculate. Oh, Bowers' spin rate is way up from what it was two, three years ago. But like you know, we can say stuff like that. But we really don't know who's cheating, who's not. Hopefully, this will like shed some light into the situation a little bit, and we'll finally have a better understanding of uh, how to, you know who's doctoring baseballs, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, hopefully, it all evens out eventually. I think one thing to keep an eye on when discussing this sort of topic is, you know, w- what sort of magnitude of decrease in spin rate we're talking like a decrease of 48 RPMs in a start, not even Nothing. worth not even discussing. Too. Yeah. Like I, I've seen people. Yeah. And I've seen people like one thing was like a Dylan C start where it was like his RPMs jumped like 48 to 50 in a start. I'm like, that's not significant. What is significant is like Bauer and Cole who saw like hundred to 200 uh, RPM differences from start to start. Mm-hmm. Probably too early to see, but now if it becomes a trend afterwards, now you start to get more of that confirmation of, Hey, maybe there was something here. Um, but I, I, I do tend to agree that it's probably going to fall and kind of help the hitters a little bit. I I think may, I, I do also kind of agree with what Diego saying where it's like, Major League Baseball is kind of hoping that maybe this scare tactic kind of helps before any true implementation. But even if that's finally, the case, though, I think that's that's you know that's, I don't think there's yeah, anything. Wrong. I'm fine with a scare tactic. Yeah, yeah. Two starts for guys is in in arbitration might make a difference. Mm, so you, you got to be sure. careful. So classic inning two call arbitration. Oh yes, classic error call arbitration. However. <laughs> Um, maybe something like Corbin Burns is a good example of that. Yeah, that's but true. I digress. Inning two, Eliezer Hernandez of the Marlins, hopefully I pronounced that name correctly, re-injured himself this week just after getting off the injured list while running the bases, prompting a more pro, prompting more pro-universal DH arguments. J-Roy, I think you can understand why I am uh, in- including this one. Is this an overreaction? Or is this just another great case for the need of a universal DH? We'll start with Ethan. Yeah, it was particularly bad in Hernandez's case. He said he had just come off the injured list. He hadn't pitched since April 3rd. So he had waited two months to come back, and then he immediately got hurt while not even pitching. So it was definitely uh, particularly bad in his case. I personally, you know, watching the Pirates all my life, I have a soft spot for the NL style of play. Um and the strategy that all comes with, you know, the pitcher being in the lineup and everything. So I I have a weakness for that, but I think it is time for the universal DH. Um, even though pitchers hitting, pitchers hitting home runs particularly is like one of the most exciting plays in baseball, but it doesn't happen often enough, you know, for that to be the thing that prevents them from doing the universal DH. It's probably for the best, especially with number one, how much, injuries have been a factor this year and number two how non-competitive pitchers are at the plate in general i think they're hitting as a whole like 102 or something so like all pitchers combined it's really bad so yeah i don't think it's an overreaction despite you know my affinity for national league play i think the universal dh is the right call and that's where the league's going diego uh, yeah, I also kind of with Ethan there, at least for the I, – I am a Giants fan. Uh, you know, National League Baseball, I love kind of like the extra strategy that's into it. Um, but I've also been kind of in the uh, – of the opinion that the universal DH needs to happen because pitchers are getting paid to pitch the baseball. They're not getting paid to hit or, you know, bunt because bunting is bad. We don't like bunting. Bunting is not good. Um but like that's what they do anyway, and so like that's the waste of an at bat. And if the league is going to continue to complain about the lack of offense, then why are you having pitchers hit? Like you can't have both of these things. You have tools to fix your issues, and you're not using them. And like I think that's just extremely frustrating. Like and but and injuries, I think are like what kind of are gonna is gonna end up winning this argument for the universal DH. And I think that's really all you need. You want to keep your players healthy. You have guys like uh, 
Jacob DeGrom, who like they're milking for like his hitting stats right now because he's hitting like 396 in his like 10 games or whatever. And I'm like, sure, that's cool. But then you have uh, guys who go oh for the season at the plate as pitchers. And like what which one do you want? Pick a field and stick with it. Universal DH you know worked well in 2020. You know, you have but now you're seeing a lot more of these injuries pile up. And every time you see a pitcher get hurt in a non-pitching situation, I think it's a, just an extra call for the universal DH. I think it's inevitable. I'm going to enjoy the small ball, the NL style of play while it lasts, but I'm also not going to complain when we get the universal DH because I think it's what's best for the game, the health of the players. If you saw that little spike of about five points for Diego just rapidly, I had a rough weekend with bunting as a White Sox fan. We don't need to go into it. Jay Roy, go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, you know, like Diego and Ethan, I'm also a fan of a National League team. But unlike Diego and Ethan, I'm going to disagree with you guys. Uh, so you're wrong. I think that, <laughs> you know, I um, – I, I, I just, I, you know, I don't want there to be a universal DH. I don't, I, I don't, you know, and I really feel for Hernandez, like that sucks. Like he just got back. He got injured. Like that's super unfortunate. I hope he recovers, you know, but like, I, you know, I don't think this is such a great argument. Like, wow. Like this guy was running on the base paths and he got injured. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a major league athlete. You're in the 99th percentile of athletes, like on the planet, man. Like you can't like run the bases. Like I know, you know, I get it. Like, People, you know, I know the analytics tell us that pitchers aren't good hitters, and so that we should just like completely scrap them as hitters. I don't know. I, I just wish that like there was like a bit of like a uh, shift in thinking in baseball, where like maybe pitchers don't have to be terrible hitters. You know, like we've just kind of like accepted the fact that pitchers are terrible hitters because they're not required to hit. Like you know, they're getting paid to pitch, and that's completely valid. And I get that argument for sure. I, you know, I just think as a baseball fan watching baseball, obviously I love watching National League Baseball. I love the strategy that comes with, uh, you know, watching pitchers hit and uh, how to game plan for that and all that comes with that. And so I just think from like a okay, product standpoint, from you know, as a fan watching the game of baseball, you know, I don't want there to be a universal DH. I, you know, I think that I'm definitely in the minority there. And I think that, uh, like Diego said, I think it's an inevitability that there will end up being a universal DH. Does that mean I have to be okay with it? No, not at all. But, you know, I, because, you know, the analytics do tell us that maybe, you know, we don't need uh, pitchers to hit, but, you know, my heart and, you know, my fandom as a, as a fan of National League Baseball tells me the opposite. So. Here's my pretty simple fix to this. Install the universal DH. If you don't. want your if you want your hitter to or pitcher to hit, don't use the DH that day. Like it's not that hard. Like if Jacob Degrom's hitting four hundred this year, and you really think, hey, I want him to hit, just put him in the lineup and don't use the DH. Like don't, but don't punish the American League team whose pitcher has picked up a bat like twice in a year and a half, <laughs> it, it, just because you want to use. Jacob DeGrom, like, mm-hmm. like that's my, that's my solution. I, that's I don't not know I've heard of either. I, yeah, no, like, it's like it's happened in the last couple of years. I remember, I think it was twenty fifteen. Um, the Giants were playing in Oakland, and you know, in Oakland, that's an AL park, and Madison Bumgarner was starting, and uh, Bochi forfeited the DH so Bumgarner could hit. Mm-hmm. And so it's not even something that's like completely. It's happened recently in baseball by one of the best managers in the history of the game. Like, I mean, it's not unheard of. Like, it's something that happened. And like like you just said, I think that's a perfect solution right there. Are you going to laugh at Bruce Bochy being a great manager, Pirates okay. fan? Okay. I was laughing at Jayroy's reaction. <laughs> he, he was laughing at the facial reaction I made. I, I like Bochy a lot. I think he's a great manager. I think that saying he's one of the best managers ever, that was a little, I don't know. I'd have to think about Phillies that. Fan. <laughs> anyway, we can move on. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying this. This is this is this is great. Please, Diego. I hope that wasn't Charlie Manuel slander. It better not have been. <laughs> I, you're, you're trying to slander Bruce Bochy, dude. I don't know what you're coming from. I, I like Bochy. Okay, I have nothing against him. I'm okay, just, that's, you know, that's fine. We're he's no Charlie Manuel. You know, <laughs> we can all agree that it's 
way better than Tony Larusa. We can all agree. They're both that. better than Clint Hurdle too. That's so also I, true. I'm not. I, I, I am no dog in this fight. I will agree with both of those. Okay, perfect. I didn't have a dog in this fight either, Mike. I, I got thrown into this one. That's fair. Oh God. Inning three. I, I will say before we move on, Jay, I appreciate very often on this week in baseball, we have three different arguments kind of put the exact same way. I do appreciate you being willing, and that's why I included this question, you being very willing to come on and defend your anti-universal DH take. I do appreciate uh, yeah. that. Yeah. I respect it as well. Inning three. John Morosi tweeted this week, that the Royals could be considering a call-up of top prospect Bobby Witt Jr. at some point this season. Ethan, we'll start with you. Would this be a good move or a bad move for Kansas City? I'm leaning towards bad move. And first off, I don't think it's exactly uh, groundbreaking news, the Morosi tweet, because he put a two-month time span on it. It's not like he's announcing some kind of breaking news that's about to happen. And also... There was talk of Bobby Witt making the Royals out of spring training. So it's not like it's totally shocking news that they think he might be close. Um, but he's not exactly lighting up double A pitching either. Entering today, he's slashing 236, 315, 491 in double A, which isn't awful. But I mean, he's not getting on base a ton. And that's in double A. So he hasn't even faced triple A pitching yet. I don't know if they planning on moving him up to triple a you know before that two month mark hits i don't know what's in the cards um but i don't think the royals are exactly in a position where they're close enough to being a competitor in the american league or even in the american league central that bringing up bobby witt would be the spark plug that they would need to become a competitor i understand that mondesi is hurt again and he's you know, the guy at shortstop, if he suffers a setback or something, or if uh, Bobby Witt starts, you know, raking in the minor leagues, that's one thing. But as it stands right now, I don't think that move makes a ton of sense to, you know, rush his development for a team that's what two or three games over 500 right now. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Jay Roy? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Ethan here. Uh, you know, Bobby Witt's been the Royals guy for a while now. He's, uh, you know, their number one prospect. And But I was a little surprised to go look at his numbers, and he's, like Ethan said, he's not really lighting up double-A pitching at all. And also, he only has 124 plate appearances in double-A right now. So it's not like he has a ton of experience under his belt, and he's only getting on base 31% of the time, 97 percent walk rate you know I don't know how that's going to translate right to the majors right now and that you know the Royals are kind of hovering right around 500 I don't know if calling Bobby Witt up right now is gonna give them the push they need to like make really make a run in the central I don't you know I just I don't I don't think it's the best call right now usually I'm very pro uh, calling prospects up, giving them a lot more time to get MLB reps in because I think that's you know obviously very valuable. But in this case, I'm I'm not really feeling it. I think that they should let him develop a little bit more. You know, in either in Double A or you know maybe they just want to send him up to Triple A. I don't know, but because uh, his numbers really are not outstanding. Diego, you're gonna make this three for three. Um, kind of, maybe we'll see. But um, so. <laughs> The way that the minor leagues are structured this year, um, they can't call him up directly from double A even if they wanted to. He has to spend at least a week at the triple A level. So he would have to spend a week in Omaha at the Storm Chasers, which is the triple A affiliate for the Royals. And like these two said, like he's not lighting up double A pitching. Like and if the Royals continue to kinda kind of hang around, I even using that sparingly because they're Eh, they're they're not the you know they're not exactly in the forefront as like like they were at the beginning of the season, but they're still sticking around. They're contending ish right now, um, and if they think Wit can push them over that uh, you know that hump that they're currently kind of at, then sure, bring them up to AAA for a week. See how he does. Call them up. If they continue to kind of fall a little bit, sure, bring them up. Why not? You're not you have nothing to lose. I mean, you're bad. They're going to finish fourth in the league, or not in the league, in the division, 
and that's courtesy of Ryan Rudy, our Royals writer here in the season preview. Um, <laughs> he's going to finish fourth, or the Royals probably going to finish fourth in their division. But also, like, I mean, a spark plug can come from anywhere. And Witt's an exciting player. He's gotten a lot of reps at uh, short, third, uh, second in the minor leagues. Um, I think we can very w- uh, well see him at some point soon. Um, but also, I think he's he's picking 2019. Like, he doesn't need to be rushed. I don't think there's a ton of need to rush him right now, or if they feel a need to rush him. So, I mean, whatever they want to do with him, I don't think there's exactly a wrong answer. If it were me making the decision, I think I would let him just kind of hang out in the minor leagues for a little bit longer, probably the next couple months. Unless, of course, he starts raking in double A, which he's not doing right now. Bring him up to triple A for a week or two, and if he continues to rake, then bump him up. But, yeah, I don't think there's any real reason to mess with what he's doing right now. I'm going to agree with you guys. I think I I usually tend towards the side of, hey, if it's not worth it right now, don't bring him up. Because the rushing of prospects, I've seen far too many fail as a White Sox fan to say, let's rush them up. Um, so I, I would prefer whenever possible to, to make sure that these guys are truly ready. Because they're still going to struggle at the major league level. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to make sure they're truly exactly. I want to make sure they're truly ready though to face that. So, yeah. inning four, fact or fiction? Knowing the USA is in the Olympics, which is true, will make you more likely to watch the Summer Olympics for baseball. So, just so you know, the Olympic qualifiers have been going on um, this week and maybe last week. I'm not totally sure. I believe it's just been the last week. Then maybe just this week. Um, USA has qualified. They're the fifth team to do so. Um, so a, a little ragtag squad of both some really good prospects as well as some, <clears throat> excuse me, some younger, or excuse me, some older veterans, uh, are, are getting it done. So Ethan, we'll start with you. Fact or fiction? Um, I guess fact, um, full disclosure, I didn't actually watch any of the qualifying games. <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Um, That's but I, I'd be, I'd be more inclined to watch now that they're actually in the Olympics. Um, and they kind of dominated the qualifier. Uh, they went four and zero. They outscored their opponents thirty to ten in those four games. So it wasn't exactly competitive. They kind of coasted their way into the Olympics. Um, and I think Diego and I were on last time when we talked about. Uh, I think it was right after the, ro- the rosters were announced. Yeah, when we talked about this, and uh, two of the guys I highlighted were Todd Frazier, who just got cut by the Pirates, and Eddie Alvarez, who was an Olympic meddling speed skater a few years ago. Cool. The two of them combined to hit 346 and slug 808 in that series. And seven of their nine hits went for extra bases. Um, so yeah, they both raked and a uh, Matthew Librator, uh, who's one of the younger pitchers on the team. Um, he started two of the games, only gave up two runs in nine and two thirds innings. Uh, so yeah, they've had some strong performances on their roster so far, and I would be interested in watching them. J-Roy? Uh, so I am absolutely going with fact on this. I mean, you know, like, like I'm with Ethan. Like I haven't watched any of the qualifiers yet, but now they're actually in the Olympics. I'm not watching them. But come on, look at some of these names. Like this is just this just feels like a trip down memory lane. Like, of course I'll watch Homer Bailey throw. Like it's been years, you know? Like, oh, man, like I haven't seen Homer <laughs> Bailey throw in so long. Like Edwin Jackson, come on. David Robertson, like, oh, man, like this, you know, it's just it was all nostalgic watching this USA team. You know, like, I feel like absolutely I'll watch these guys. You know, John Jay's in the lineup. Matt Kemp, like, you know, dude, that dude got robbed of an MVP one year. Like, okay, you know, like, I'll, I'll watch Team USA, you know. And, you know, I just think the Olympics are always fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, always good when, you know, baseball is getting showcased on the biggest stage like this. And, uh, you know, it's it's baseball. So yeah, I'll, I absolutely. I think it's a good thing that team USA is in it. And I think it does make me want to watch it more for sure. And Diego. <clears throat> uh, I couldn't care less that the USA baseball qualify for the Olympics. Cause I, I, said this last <laughs> time, I don't cheer for the USA in Olympics. I cheer for Mexico. Like let's <laughs> like, I don't, I was going to watch the baseball regardless. I don't care who's <laughs> playing. Like, but more kind of to J-Roy's point, yeah, I'm gonna be excited as all hell to watch like some of these guys play, like Homer Bailey, Matt Kemp, like sick. I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, 
All day. Mark Zerpchinski, come on, man. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Ghost as a pitcher now? Like, yeah. what's going on? I saw Adam Jones wants to play um, for Team USA. And if Adam Jones plays, I'll 100% be watching those USA games. I love Adam Jones. Uh, but, like, the, I don't care that the USA made it. Like, I just – I don't cheer for the USA in the Olympics. And – you know, I, I just like baseball. I was going to watch baseball regardless. Did I watch the qualifiers? No, because I don't care about Team USA in particular. But, like, also, baseball's baseball. I like watching baseball. I watched other baseball this week. But when that time rolls around, I'm going to watch as much baseball as I can because baseball is baseball, and we like baseball. <laughs> Quote of the week. I don't care about the USA qualifiers. I root for Mexico. <laughs> Notice how this wasn't here last week. I put this up today to make sure. After I saw that yes. question, I made sure this was up. Quote of the week. That's fantastic. I, I will say I didn't watch any of them either. I saw all the highlights. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think just like with – I maintain the same stance I did when the um, USA won the World Baseball Classic. Do hardcore fans care? Probably not. Is it going to get more viewership or people? Again, it's just getting more eyes on um, baseball on the material. Yeah, and it's it's that in itself is a net positive. Is it this gigantic net positive? Probably not. But getting to see the USA on an Olympic level, like that's important. I, I think depend. D- doesn't mean the diehard fans are going to be watching. Doesn't mean they're going to break attendance records, but eyeballs are going to be on the game, and that's what matters. Like people just sit around and watch the Olympics. They have NBC on, and it's just running all day. Maybe it catches someone's eye. Maybe someone does a cool bat flip and it catches something. Like it's it's stuff like that that you, that you're looking for. So true. Diego still with the quote of the week. Inning five, <laughs> Sunday night baseball, which hopefully spent since you'll be listening to this um, on Monday. Hopefully you all watch the hot mic stream that both Diego and J Roy will be on shortly after this. Um, yeah. It features the Yankees and the Red Sox again, but based on the current look for the Bronx Bombers between Kluber's injury, he's on the sixty-day IL, the potential looming sweep at the hands of the Red Sox as well as their 8-16 and 16 current record against their three biggest division rivals, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa Bay. My question to you, Jay Roy, is this. Is it time to stop considering the Yankees the best team in the American League? Oh, uh, yes, it is. It's It's been time. You know, it's been time. I think we're talking – you know, people are talking about the Yankees like they're the defending American League champions, and they're not like, you know – the defending American league champions are literally in their division. And so, you know, I think that you can make a case. They're not, they're not even like a top They're Okay. They're a top three team, but I think, you know, you can make a case that both the Rays and Red Sox are better right now. They're playing better baseball. Their run differentials are way better. Uh, there are three American league teams with a run differential over plus 50. And I think that is the, uh, Oh, the uh, the Rays have a their Rays lead the league in run differential right now. No, the White Sox lead the league in run differential, and then it's Rays right after them. And there are other other couple teams that are like plus thirty and above. The Yankees are negative three right now. So like even by like you know even if you want to look underneath their record, like they're not a very good baseball team right now. And so just because they're you know better on paper than let's say the Red Sox or the Blue Jays, they're not performing like it. So, you know, I, I don't think for a second that they're the best team in the AL right now. Uh, could they absolutely make a run in these next few months? 100%. They could they could win the division outright, I think. But, you know, as of now, there's I, I see literally zero reason to consider them the best team in the AL. Ethan? Yeah, I'm torn because a healthy Yankees team top to bottom is probably the best roster in the American mm-hmm. League. But like Jerry said, they're in fourth place right now in their own division. Um, and what's most concerning for me, I think you noted this was that they're eight and 16 against the three other good teams in that division. And they're really digging themselves a hole by struggling, particularly against those three teams. Um, still with all that being said, it would be really difficult to envision the Yankees not making the playoffs. Um, even if they end up representing the American league in the world series, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but if you look at the Fangraphs projections for the rest of the year, 
all four of those top teams in the American League East are projected to finish between 88 and 91 wins. So all four of them are really, really close. And the Yankees, by those projections, would be the last team to sneak into the playoffs. Um, so I think it's fair to say that the Yankees are no longer the top team in the American League. Um, I don't really trust the Red Sox. I'm still skeptical that they are going to maintain this for the rest of the season. So if I had to pick a team right now, I would pick either the Rays or the White Sox as the best team in the American League. The Yankees, as J.R.I. said, they definitely could get there by the end of the year, but right now they're not. And Diego. Yeah, um, I've been of the opinion all year the Yankees have not been the best team in the American League. Like, I've I've said it several times, I think, already. I've had, like, my AL pick for the World Series is the White Sox. And I think the only thing holding the White Sox back right now is injuries and, like, their manager not exactly knowing the, all the rules of the game. I've said that week <laughs> in and week out. And, like, the Yankees, like, I mean, J-Roy and Ethan brought up really good points. Like, they're they're still the Yankees. Like, they're going to have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. They're going to have a quality team when healthy, but that's the thing. It's when healthy. Every team deals with a ton of injuries. The, the team across town, the Mets have, what, 15, 16 guys on the IL right now? The Giants have 14 guys in the IL right now. They have the best record in baseball. I mean, at this point, it's I mean, it's just an excuse for the Yankees, I think. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of guys down, but, I mean, win. Play better baseball. Win. Play better baseball. I didn't, I've never thought they were the best team in the American League. I don't think they're the best team in their division. I think the Rays are a whole lot better. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to – they have been and will continue to be better than the Yankees this season. Um, do I think the Yankees make the like through in or into the playoffs with a wild card? Sure, maybe we'll see. I don't think they're anywhere close to the top of the like AL right now, and I didn't think they are gonna get there. Like Ethan said, they definitely could, very well could. Do I think they're going to? No. So I don't think they have been, nor will they be the best team in the American League at any point in 2021. I, I think the injury thing is an important point. I think every team is dealing with injuries right now. Uh, the White Sox have two of the biggest parts of their team in Robert and Jimenez out. And mm-hmm. I think they have done more than just tread water. So I, I don't know. I always thought that pitching staff was a tad bit overrated. It had to be perfect. They had to be their perfect selves for it to really work how it was designed. And it doesn't look like that so far. Um, there have been flashes, but it hasn't been the dominance that some might have projected. So I, I have also had a very hard time calling them the best team recently. I, I think you have to give respect where it's due, but also Tampa Bay is always going to find a way to win. Like That's just no. how it is in that division. Inning six, I won't assign any points for this one, but I am curious. This week, Major League Baseball opened the fan ballots to vote for the MLB All-Star Game in Colorado. <clears throat> Who would be on your AL and NL ballots? So what I'll do is I'll just go position by position, panelist by panelist. Just give me your AL and your NL guys, um, and we'll go from there. Catcher, Diego. Buster Posey. Shocker. And his money, Grindel. All right. One good answer. <laughs> Posey's been damn good this year. You can't refuse. I, I will say Posey's a good choice this year. He's he definitely been, top three. Oh, go ahead. Yes, he is top three. I will agree. Posey has been very, very good this year. Ethan? I said Posey and Salvador Perez, but Yasmani Grandal would be on my bench. Perez is a good pick, too. Interesting. Perez is a good pick. It's a solid pick. J-Roy? You know, Laz, I'll say something real quick. If you had told me beforehand that you weren't assigning points for this, I would have just gone full homer and filled filled these with (laughs) the whole thing. But, you know. So – uh, but you know what? Since I did think we were assigning points, I tried to be as objective as possible. So I'm going to go with Perez in the AL. And yeah, I wanted to pick JT in the NL, but I think I'm going to go with Posey because he's been awesome. Posey gets JT the- has been good too, though. I will give him. Oh, JT's been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. we'll start with you for first baseman. Okay, yeah. So in the AL, I feel like this is a pretty easy choice. I went with Vlad Jr., I think he's probably the AL MVP right now. Maybe. Well, this is debatable. But and then I went in with the conversation. Mon- yeah, in the yeah. conversation. And then I went with Muncie in the NL. 
Ethan? Same too. Vlad and Muncie. Interesting. And Diego? I had Vladdy and Hoskins. Hoskins is my first baseman. Wow. You're making me look bad, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we keep going. I was kind of a homer, not going to lie. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Second base, Diego. Uh, second baseman, um, I've got uh, Frazier at Pittsburgh and um, Marcus Semyon in the AL. Ethan? Yeah, those are my two also, and I'm going to senselessly beat the drum that Adam Frazier should be starting in the All-Star game. He should. As bad as everyone says the Pirates are, to have a Pirate starting in the All-Star game, that would be a win for me. He should be starting in the All-Star game. I I do agree. He's been phenomenal. J-Roy? Okay, yeah, so I went with Simeon and Jazz Chisholm. Oh, stop. Jazz. Solid choice as well. Jazz is fun. (laughs) Jazz is good. I, I, think, I didn't think you'd be like so like uproarious. No, it's a, that that bad too. <laughs> bad. <laughs> J Roy, let's see if you can redeem yourself at shortstop. <laughs> uh maybe I went with Xander and Tatis. Ethan? Yeah, those are my two. Diego. I went Xander and Brandon Crawford. Oh, and there's oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to vote for Tatis, and Crawford's having a good year. He's probably going to end up on the bench. Crawford wasn't even the second best shortstop. You're not the second best shortstop either. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> Crawford's Did not a terrible it? choice. Okay. Trey Turner's Did better than Crawford. Diego call you a scrub? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but... <laughs> Here's a real easy place to redeem yourselves. Third base. We'll start with Diego. Uh, yeah, I had Longoria Endeavors. Oh, well, you're oh, 0 for 2. Ethan? I said Devers, and much to my dismay, Chris Bryant. Yeah, Bryant's uh, been phenomenal. And J-Roy? Oh, uh, yeah, Chris Bryant's... A- obvious choice for the NL, and I went with Devers in the AL. We've got to mix them up a little bit. I mean, we can't have everyone across the board, everything. No one picked Yoan Moncada. You're all getting minus five points. <laughs> <laughs> Your three outfielders for the NL, J-Roy. Oh, okay. Uh, For the NL, I went with uh, Castellanos, Acuna, and Jesse Winker. Oh, and you want me to go ahead and go AL for AL? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for AL, I went uh, Trout, Judge, and Buxton. Interesting pick of Buxton. Not oh, that yeah. I disagree, I, but an interesting I was, I was I was gonna pick him regardless. That's fair. I think that that's is fair. I, I will justify that any way I can. Diego? Yeah, so I had the same NL picks, Cassianos, Winker, Acuna. They they've been mashing. They've been so good this year. And the AL, I have three completely different picks than Jerry is. Interesting. Uh, I have Adolis Garcia, Cedric Mullins, and Mitch Hanniger as my three AL outfielders. I mean, those are those are valid. those are good picks. Yeah, the AL outfield it's going to be super interesting to watch because there's so many guys that can take yeah. those spots. Yeah, there's no, a lot of talent this year. Hanniger to the south side though. Interesting. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Judge is actually <laughs> leading the league in X Woba right now, though, so I had to go with him. I That's had great. Judge originally, and then I replaced him with Hanniger because mm-hmm. I'm like Hanniger. I think deserves to be talked about because he should be going to the White Sox. Good answer, <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> yeah, it hurt, but I went with the same three in the National League: Acuna, Castellanos, and Winker. As much as I hate Cincinnati Reds, um, Castellanos and Winker have just been crushing it all year. Um, in the American League, I left both Trout and Buxton off just because okay. of the injuries. Yeah. If they were healthy, they would have been the first two names I would have put at any position. Um, but I kind of went a combination of their ballots. I went with Judge, Garcia, and Mullins. Mm. Mullins isn't talked about enough, I feel like. He's yeah. been I agree. crushing it this year. Adolis has been a monster, too. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest, too. Between Adolis, Mullins, who was the other one? One other one. Oh, Frazier. Three starters on rebuilding teams. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I think it's pretty nice to see. Um, between the Orioles, the Rangers, and the Pirates, but and then DH, since we only have AL, Diego. Uh my DH pick for the AL was JD Martinez. Makes He's been sense. It. Ethan. Um, Shohei Otani. 
He would make it also, as an outfielder. He would make it as a pitcher. He's going to make it. Just, how are they going to put him on it? Yeah. Yep. What, what, what is Where do you position? put Otani? That's a great position. They're a great question. Where do you put Otani? First base. Just because you can. <laughs> <laughs> J-Roy? Yeah, so I, I initially had JD. Then I was like, yeah, like I'd, I'd rather see Otani. That's fair. That's fair. Absolutely fair. I do wonder what they're going to end up considering him as or how they're going to – I mean, they're going to have him on. They're going to put pitcher, outfielder, DH, whatever. But it's like mm-hmm. when it comes to the fan voting, I feel like they might accidentally split him between outfield and DH. Yeah. Um, he's going to he's gonna be there regardless. Yeah, I agree. It'd be a disservice to baseball to not include Otani in the All-Star game. 100%. But those are some good picks. Um, the only one I'm upset about, go look at Yoan Moncada's stats. He was close for me. I wanted to get him in. I just, I just thought Devers has been Devers has been really hot right now. I agree. Right now is not a good time to have voting open and Devers playing as well as he is. Mm -hmm. If you're a young man, so that's fair. And our final question, which Diego's requested to go last on this one, like multiple times. So (laughs) I'm hoping that he can run away with the points here, Um, and, and it holds up to what I'm expecting. (laughs) <laughs> this week, for inning number seven, the White Sox became the third team to release their Nike City Connect jerseys following the Red Sox and the Marlins. Which jersey has been your favorite so far? And if you were designing one for your team, what elements would it have? We'll start with J-Roy. Uh, I'd say so far my favorite one has been the uh, the White Sox one. You know, I really like the the south side. I like the way it was written across the chest, you know. And, you know, all the pictures of TLR just, you know, <laughs> look, look, looking swaggy in the dugout, you know. I was like, you know, this, 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 is, a cool, this is a cool jersey, you know. Uh, I think the Marlins one was cool, too. Cool too. I, I didn't like the Red Sox one quite as much. But, you know, so far I think they've been okay. You know, I think if we get a Phillies one, I think it would be really cool if it was, like, powder blue because the powder blue – Phillies jerseys are my favorite. And I think if they could put like a uh like a Liberty Bell with the snake wrapped around it, the way the Sixers have on their logo, I think that would be awesome. I think that could be like that could be like the best jersey in the league if they went with that. I like that idea a lot. That's a sick idea. Ethan. I think my favorite part of the City Connect jerseys, Jero mentioned Tony LaRussa. Um, <laughs> he looked like that dad or like weird uncle who was like trying to embarrass all the kids, which I thought was appropriate <laughs> after all the stuff Tim Anderson said about how like they're all the kids who don't like to listen, and then Tony Larusa goes out there looking like that. I thought it was perfect. Um, but right, <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually like the Marlins jerseys, and I usually don't like red, um, but I like the Marlins jerseys with the the white pinstripes and the light blue accent. I thought those looked really good. Um, and if the pirates had a Jersey, I'm a real sucker for all the, like the seventies throwbacks, like the pure gold jerseys. Mm. Yeah. I would love to see those with like the black Pittsburgh over the front. And J got me thinking with the Liberty bell, if they had like the Clemente bridge, uh, like on the side of the sleeve or something, I think that would be a good touch. I'd love to see those. And Diego, you're smiling. I'm excited for this. So well, I'll address first. Uh, I liked the Marlins jerseys. I thought they were absolutely incredible. But also the Red Sox jerseys don't get enough credit. At first, when they first released the Red Sox jersey, I hated them for about 20 minutes. And then I'm like, wait, these are actually sick. Like after you like kind of get like the meaning behind them, like then it's like, oh wait, that's dope. Hold on. I don't know if any of you guys remember when they first dropped. I was like first in the Discord. I'm like, these suck. And then I'm like, no, wait, wait, wait. No, they're good. I like them now. Anyway, uh, the Giants are getting a City Connect uh, jersey this season. It's supposed to release next month. Um, but I have visuals of what my designs are going to look oh, like here. Oh, wow. So we got a classic little, little go baseball. <laughs> go baseball. <laughs> There's the back. I put Posey up there because, you know, the, the, the orange to black, you know, that'd be cool. Go baseball. <laughs> the SF and a baseball on the right sleeve. Yeah, it's classic, right? But no, in actuality, I actually did like a, a, a real one. Uh, so I think something like this could be really cool. It says either the city or this is uh, Giants in Mandarin. And um, oh, that's cool. The, the Warriors uh, city jerseys that they do in the NBA, they have the Warriors in the front. They put this 
here instead and have this kind of like accent that they have on the warrior jersey it's like a traditional um asian asian american like representation kind of thing and have yellow and orange or yellow and red sleeves two very um like important colors to um like the asian american community that's very prevalent in san francisco that's my actual answer but i think um i think we should make this for the website you know Hold on. Let's, let's, get, let's get one big view of that. There we go. Go baseball. Go baseball. Go baseball. <laughs> I, I love the orange fading into gray and to black. That that's a great look you've got going there. That that's uh fantastic. Diego, I'll, I'll pull the scoreboard up real quick. You did take home the victory with that last one. A very close one. Great argument today. This was this was actually one of my favorite this week in baseballs. Or excuse me, seventh inning stretch, but also this week in baseball. So nice job, guys. As we round out, as we head towards the home stretch, what to watch for this week. Everyone will go through whether it's a matchup or a team or a series, what they're going to be looking forward to this week and what they think you should be looking forward to. We'll start with the winner, Diego. Yeah, uh, so I think a good team to watch this week is going to be the Cubs. The Cubs are playing the Padres and they're playing the Cardinals this next week. And so that's it's going to be a big week for the Cubbies. They just lost three or four to the Giants after being scorching hot heading into San Francisco. See if they can pick it back up. Um, I think those are going to be two big series for both, you know, my Giants and the Cubs and the NL Central, how that ends up shaping out. So I think the Cubs are a good team to keep your eye on this week. I would agree. That, that's a team that you're still trying to figure out who they are, especially mm-hmm. as the July deadline looms somewhere in the near future. Yep. Ethan? Um, I just want to put out, um, just how awful this week is going to be for me as a Pirates fan. The Pirates <laughs> start a series with the Dodgers on Tuesday, and then the two games following that, they get Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Oh, no. So the Pirates <laughs> might score like six runs all week. Um, but what I'm actually watching for is the Dodgers. Um, they're still somehow in third place in the NL West, which you know, I def- definitely didn't expect this late in the season. Um but their next four series, they have a serious chance to make up some big ground. Um, I mentioned they get the Pirates next, and then after that is Rangers, Phillies, Diamondbacks. So they can make up a ton of ground there, and they're going to need to because they finished off the month with Padres, Cubs, Giants. Jeez. So, Just got swept by the Giants. Just yeah, <laughs> so it's going to be really, uh, really important for the Dodgers here to win these very winnable games. Now's the time to keep yourself in it too. Yep. J-Roy? Okay, so my what to watch for is Marcus Simeon. So, you know, we know Simeon in 2019 was, you know, had a great year. It was a seven and a half one player, great year for the A's. And a lot of people didn't know what to do with it. You know, they were like, is he really this good? Is it just kind of an overperformance? And I think in 2020, that dude got the short end of the stick because, you know, uh, Savant came out with their uh, outs above average metric. And he didn't match up very favorably in that. And so all the Matt Chapman fans came out and were like, oh, look how good Chapman's is. And Simeon's isn't very good. He's a fraud like we thought all along, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, he just – he overperformed last year. He got helped out by Chapman. His range isn't really that good, blah, blah, blah. People kind of wrote him off. And uh, now he's – right now for the Blue Jays, he's third in the league in F4 right now. He's having a great season. He's mashing again. He has a 149 weighted runs created plus. And listen to this. He's 94th percentile and outs above average right now. <laughs> that, that is good. Cool. Yeah, that is good. It's fantastic. You know, it's yeah. so I think either he's really improved on defense or maybe all the claims of him being a fraud, you know, in 2019 were just kind of overblown. So I think that's really interesting to see. You know, obviously – he is still outperforming his ex Wova by quite a fair amount. So maybe this is a little bit of an overperformance, but still he's been fantastic so far. I think he's been a big reason why the Blue Jays have been so good early on. And I think this will be really interesting to look for throughout the rest of the season. Can he keep up this level of play? Uh, you know, maybe we could, we should reevaluate the way we looked at that, uh, that season he had for the A's, that kind of thing. So I thought that was really interesting. I do agree with all of that. I, I think he's a hit or miss at this point. We're still trying to figure out who he is. I, I think it's more hit or mi- hit than miss, though. Um, he's looking but, real good. Yeah, but at the same time, the Sox play the Blue Jays this week. I hope he's 0 for 9 with 7 strikeouts <laughs> and 4 errors. I respect it. I respect so, it. 
But I, I think all of those three things are, are very important things for each respective team to uh, make sure they're keeping an eye on this week. I think it's a lot of good baseball to come both this week and in the coming weeks uh, for a lot of these teams. And, you know, as we inch closer and closer, like I said before, to July, it's going to be important to figure out who's really in and who's not because the Cubs got exactly Cubs got some big decisions to make. Twins might have some big decisions to make. I think there's a lot of teams where the narratives are still really reliant on these next three or four weeks. So Mm -hmm. we will continue to bring you those narratives as they come, because that's going to do it for us this week. Make sure to find us everywhere we can be found. The website is diamond-digest.com. The Twitter handle at diamond underscore digest. The Instagram handle, diamond.digest. Wherever you think you are on social media, we're probably there. So make sure to find our stuff. Uh, As usual, plenty of great articles coming out this week. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to follow all of our writers on Twitter as well, if you have the ability to. But other than that, that's really going to do it for us. Make sure to tune in. Thank you for tuning in to This Week in Baseball, Episode 9, Season 2. J-Roy, Diego, go to Hot Mike. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Ethan Fisher, Diego Frango Carreno, Jonathan Roy. This is Jordan Lazowski signing off. Take care, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Go baseball. (laughs)